California knows how to party. California knows how to party. Everybody in the city. City of Monterey. Monterey Bay. (laughs) Oh, everybody. We're back, everybody. In the city. City of Compton. Keep it rocking. C-O-M-P-T-O-N. I was just through Compton uh, a week and a half ago. Did you know that? Flew into Los Angeles to go to Tehachapi. I did not. Went through C-O-M-P-T-O-N. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Went through Compton. (laughs) Did you stop? I wanted to stop um, my good friend Tavion that's a sound guy, too. I was with him. I wanted to stop at a 7-Eleven and buy White Claws. (laughs) I thought probably a, a fat... White dude with uh, Sydney rodeo shorts on and a <laughs> blue shirt and cowboy hat and flip flops should not go into a Seven Eleven in the hood to buy no. a White Claw. No. And no. on a side note, White Claw is for guys too. Um, <laughs> seltzer. Getting, mm. It's two grams of carbs and no sugar. <laughs> But if you drink 38 of them, does it really matter? Yeah. I guess it's better than 38 beers. The thing that is starting to get me upset is people are down on White Claw. For like, I, I want to enjoy a White Claw. Unless Why's your it? name's Thinty and you're blonde. No. White Claw's for dudes, too. Okay. And the next person... Yeah, dudes that do other dudes. No, it doesn't. <laughs> White Claws are great. Okay. As we go into the fall, I'm going to, you know, have a claw. Okay. All right. Do you see how that rhymed right there? Yeah. Falls and claws. Speaking of rhyming, yeah. What do you got? Well, it's that f- made no sense. <laughs> that made no effing sense. It's not supposed to. Because <laughs> we're on rub chat, we can do it. And on a side note, thanks everybody for listening. We've got almost thirteen thousand downloads, and we're ranked one thousand one hundred and twelfth out of a half a million podcasts. Yes, we are top one hundred and. 1,113. We're top 1,113. Yeah. We are number one. Thousand. <laughs> and we're top 150, though, which is very cool. We're top 150 for comedic podcasts in the country, y'all. So thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. We're going to uh, keep them coming. If we ever, if I hit the lottery, I'll buy every listener a White Claw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Speak- it's going to cost me a little. Speaking of uh, of top. I kind of want to get into this, um, saying we're top one thousand. You know, it is that time of the year where it is the Facebook post of "Got the call." Okay, just got the call. So to set this up, rodeo people know this, but maybe contestants don't, or um, you know, just maybe some other friends that don't understand. This is in the fall is the time of year. When our finals are starting to be released, whether that be circuit finals, um, Hire, I mean, getting hired for getting circuit hired. finals yeah. or um, year end awards, yeah. stuff like that. So at at ninety nine percent of your rodeos, you're hired by a committee, and uh, it's it's cool. But for these finals, a lot of them are voted on, or the you know the circuit finals committee hires you. So the first thing you have to do when you get the call is to get on Facebook and you put a picture of you doing whatever, like an announcer would be holding a mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sound man <laughs> will be sitting behind his computer. Uh, the clown picture is usually like a barrel picture. And for the record, I've never done. I just got the call. I don't think I, ha- if, if I had done it, I don't think that I, it would have to have been when Facebook first started. And I said, you've I done, said, I've got the call. I just got the call. I'm good to do Yuma County Fair and rodeo. <laughs> that would, that would be my got the call because, and we're not saying y'all don't, you know, uh, be proud of your accomplishment. Yeah. We're not saying that. Just please put it in different words. Do not say got the call. Oh, just got the call. Just got the call. Been selected to work the. ACPRA finals. <laughs> Thank you to my sponsors, Joe and Ted's Towing, <laughs> Murder, Nebraska, Aunt Millie's Embroidery. You know, like oh, but, yeah. just got the call. Just say um, um, excited to announce or yeah. um, blessed to have the opportunity. Uh, something along that line. And- 
We are, you know what? And 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 we're screwing ourselves here now because Why? this happened with hashtag summer run, and oh. everybody's going to put got the call. That's true. And we will make fun of you. That it, Scott Fry will get bumper stickers. And Scott made. Fry will make bumper stickers. Say so just got the call. What about? Could you imagine if people outside the rodeo business did that? Like, yeah. just got the call. Just noticed, or just got the call. I've been hired to teach fifth grade at McCord Elementary. Or other professional athletes. You know, Tom Brady, just got the call. I'm QB1 for the Patriots. <laughs> just got the call. Uh, I've been selected for the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> What about if uh, if the NFL guys did like rodeo guys where they have the every uh, announcer in the PRCA has that picture of their cowboy hat on the dash? Oh, the dash! Now, the now dash I, I, I did. I've done. I've done one of those. You've done a yeah. dash. You are douching but it I up. Did, I did it back when it was cool. I'm pretty sure when I started was it. Cool, it. I, I'm pretty sure I started. <laughs> when name and time when it was cool. When I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't done it for years because it was just infected. Like that would be pretty cool to see, like a like a Jason Watts. Uh, Who isn't the the big dude that plays Jason for the Texans? Wa- JJ Watts? Whatever. We don't say JJ on this show. <laughs> uh, but you have JJ Watts, and he's got his helmet on the dash of his pickup with American hat sticker on the back of it. <laughs> no, no, yeah, he's got his Houston Texans helmet. Going, <laughs> heading down that highway, going to work. Um, thing number three, and this is the last thing I'll say about social media posts, is um, it's, <laughs> and I, I really shouldn't say it because, like you said, it's going to come back to bite me in the butthole. That's all right. Um, Are you saying we won't even be able to? Get, me or you probably won't be able to have a got the call post. <laughs> Uh, I don't apply for the finals, and uh, so I don't have to. Why well, you, you you? So you're saying you don't you don't want the eighth gold buckle? You just no you're no good no. Seven? I, I I want that, but yeah. <laughs> I'm saying like the get the get the calls about getting hired for rodeos. Oh well, you know, so not top five, you know. Well, I I want to get that call, but shit. Moving on, <laughs> you're stupid. No, you're, that's all right. Go go keep. I'll, I want to hear your point. I, I want to hear your point. But what's my point? I don't. I don't. <laughs> what were you going to say before I cut you off? I was going to say my last thing about social media posts. That's annoying, and it it shouldn't be because this is just my opinion. I don't want anybody like oh that Ramford. Blah, blah, blah. Um, rodeo people do this a lot. It is this one. You ready for this, Hambone? I'm ready. A view from my office for the weekend. Oh, I it, too have done that. And it's always like an arena or, you know, because it's obviously not an office. So I thought it'd be funny on Snapchat. I took a picture of my actual office at home. I put a view from my office for the weekend and nobody said shit. Like, <laughs> what, what if what if uh, what if people in the normal uh, in the normal world did that too? you know, view from my office and it's a cubicle and a 34, <laughs> you know, story building. Oh. Here's my office for the week, and I have done that. This is funny. It came up. You on, yep. just douching yeah, it, just yeah. pouring the again, douche again, in a bucket. This is, this is this is a decade ago when Facebook just started coming out, right? Right. So I actually did that at Clovis, New Mexico. Now there's there's no videos, and and sorry for the horn in the background, y'all. We have the windows open because in Monterey, in our hotel room, which Big Bear and I are rooming together, and uh, it is uh, there is no AC. In no. Monterey, California hotels. So, but they do give you a box fan. Yeah. But when the high today is going to be 68, you, you're good. Yeah. Anywho, back to my point. Clovis, New Mexico, there's no video screen back then or anything. So there was Charlie Throckmorton, who's announcing. Charlie. Me, had, had two uh, inputs, and the barrel man, and the horn. Five inputs, and I had a 22-channel mixer. <laughs> You were there. You were there, ready to motley crew their ass. It was great, and I it just rolled by. Uh, you know your Facebook memories, and it was it was totally that. Here's my office for the week, and I'm like, oh, a view from my office for the what weekend, a douche. Or like the picture outside the window, a view from my office. Oh, life is good. I am. Uh, I am now recording live. A. Uh, Video of your toenail. <laughs> oh God, don't! Please don't look at my toes. My toes look terrible. My head looks terrible too. I. 
Saving that one. We I, we will drop that one. God, please don't do that. <laughs> I uh, but I will tell you this: my toe looks better uh, than rodeo clown Burt Davis. Have you ever seen his toes? Those are the nastiest feet. If you guys search Facebook, if you want to, if you want to see the nastiest foot ever, and I like Burt, not knocking Burt, but his toe. Burt's feet have had a rough life. <laughs> I'd rather eat Indian food off the middle of a highway in San Francisco. Ooh. <laughs> Look at Bert's foot. Damn. Yeah. But, you know, it is cool. It's nice and cool down here. But fall, we're almost September. Oh, it's just so nice to be in the fall. And because in the rodeo world, I really think that, like, September is when everybody starts to get happy again. Because everybody's been in a pretty crappy mood it seems like towards the end of August, you know, like all the guys that have been rodeoing together, everybody's hurt and tired yep. and yep. half of them are, you know, broke. And so like, there's just, everybody's just kind of da- being a downer, but it seems like, like once you hit Fort Madison and Pendleton and Pialop, everybody kind of cheers back up. Well, I think a lot of that is because uh, it one, it's cooler. You know, the season's coming to an end. Uh, probably the main reason is that football's back on. Oh, thank you, and, Jesus. Um, you know, I think that's I think that's a lot of it. I think because the the end is near, the end the end's in sight to where you're like you know what, God, either you know uh, you've got those guys that have made it, they're relaxing. Yeah, they're 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 comfortable. They're they're good. They're just in cruise control, going to win some more money, get a you know comfortable position. Then there's the the guys that are out of it that are going, hey, you know what? I'm, I got to go home, get to spend time with my family, and then there. But but then there's those guys from about you know uh, eleven through twenty six that are just hammering down uh, and going to every PRCA rodeo known to man. They will be in Kildare, North Dakota, one night. <laughs> yeah, and then Elk City, and then Ellensburg. Oh. <laughs> Hello, drive time. Oof, duh. God. That's one thing I don't miss about being a steer wrestler. <laughs> but, um, well, let's, uh, you know, I'm thinking I need another cup. We're actually, we're drinking coffee this morning. Yeah, it's early. Yep. Cup of coffee time. Yeah. So, a cup of Joe. A little cup of Joe. A little rambling fever. I really am going to get a cup of coffee. We'll be right back. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in Far Bombay with White Claw. Come fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly away. Oh, that was from the days. Come fly from the good old days. Oh my God. I was I was looking at some videos um, about the glory days of flying, when people used to like dress up. Suits and ties and dresses, hats, all yeah, back in like back in the fifties, sixties. Well, yeah, even the sixties and seventies, flying was like so much different. And I never flew back then because I wasn't born yet. But I was one of the things I want to talk about today on Road Chat hmm. is flying. <laughs> Cause uh, as we've said, we are out here in beautiful Monterey, California at the Logan Coach Mobile Studio. Mobile Coach. In the top of the Travel Lodge, right by the ocean. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, a lot of times we, we fly different places. Uh, we fly all the time. Different airlines. But flying is not flying is not uh, as glamorous as it used to be. Like, do you think that back in the glory days of flying... There was ever a 250-pound woman wearing yoga pants that say juicy on the butt cheeks with a like a huge neck pillow. And she wouldn't have been allowed on the plane. But they didn't also didn't pack people in like cattle. The seats were probably bigger. The se- but I will tell you one thing. What? In the plane I was on yesterday, the Yeah, piece, tell us about your trip. The piece of shit. Uh we got on the plane, everything was fine. This was at 422. 
p.m. Central Standard Time, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. And we proceeded to sit on that plane because there was a fuel leak. Now, well, the fuel I'm, all, a, I'm big, all about yeah. getting the problem fixed. I don't want to have, you know, crash, obviously. But they fixed that. Then there was another part that they needed for something else. And it was across the field. Well, it took them an hour and 20 minutes for them to bring the part. And it took 60 seconds to fix. So we sat there for over two hours at the gate on the plane. How hot? 91 degrees in Dallas yesterday. Oh, no, 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 no. More like heat index of about 101. Was and it warm I had a the plane? Wind, I had a window seat. Oh, and so I couldn't lean up against the the window because it's hot, and you know, and I'm a, a wide man, I guess you could say. <laughs> and so I didn't want to lean up against the nice lady next to me. And so it was it was I could have been next. There was a lot of other people on that plane that I'm glad I wasn't next to. But anyway, yeah, it sucked. And then it's a three hour and twenty minute flight from DFW to San Jose, California. To which you had then had to wait the two hours because we originally were going to get in town at the same time. Yes. And you had to stick around and wait. But anyway, that's just one story. There's thousands of stories, that pe- horror stories that people have about flying. But to your point, no. This, there was a guy, huge heavy set guy yesterday who had a uh, cut-off T-shirt, had a t-shirt on with cut off sleeves, but it wasn't just the sleeves. It was cut all the way down oh, yeah. to the bottom of it's the workout t-shirt. shirt. Yeah, and his fat gut, man nasty, titties, and his man titties were were hanging out. And he had put it. He come, but he was beside me in the aisle, and he was putting his bag up above. And I'm going, oh no! Did his belly button touch your face? No, I, I no. Would I, you tell I, us I, if I his was, belly button? Oh, touched absolutely. Your face? I thought he was going to sit next to me, but thank God he went back up two rows to sit thank god because <laughs> could you imagine me and that fat bastard sitting next to each other for two hours and uh, then flying well and then they oh but they gave us one free cocktail Ooh, Damn that you. makes up and I, anyway well the, the bad part is uh me also being a big dude if you have to sit by another big dude your butt cheeks are gonna touch okay like even though there's the armrest your butt that runs under the armrest is gonna touch the other dude's butts and then after two hours totally. on the plane, when you stand up, <laughs> you have a mark where your butt sweat is, where it's been touching <laughs> another dude's butt. And I, I, that's why I like Southwest. Uh, uh, when I fly on Southwest, I, I do not like the guy, the get in line guy, because on Southwest is, you know, uh, Southwest is always open seating. So, you know, if you're in the A group or the B group, the C group, A boards first. So you can sit wherever you want, right? But so you're supposed to line up in order. A okay, A one through thirty, please line up. Uh, okay, so say you're A twenty, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this guy walking through the line. What number are you? What number are you? Oh, I'm A twenty. Oh, I'm A nineteen. He steps in front of you, like, dude, we're getting on the same plane. We're going the same place. Check yourself, bitch. No, no, I'll totally disagree. Just get in line. No, you don't I have would to totally be 19. Disagree. Yes, you do. Okay, okay, so what if that one seat that does in the exit row that does not have the seat in front of it? What if that was left open? It's not and going you, to be. And you, were, and you wanted that seat. You were going to go to that seat. But I'll then, fight him. Yeah, exactly. See, he had every right. He had every right. But you know, That's why I don't like about Southwest. What, like American... My main airline. Yeah, they one, did so I'm, good yesterday on that well, two hours you waited. You're right, but at least I can pick where I seat. Now it does it does cost cost some, but I'm an executive platinum. Oh, no big deal. Admirals Club, where they give free Coors Light. Hold on, let's pick guacamole. your big dick up off the floor. Jeez, Hambone. That oh, speaking of flying, hey, we uh, currently are. Yeah, right next to the Monterey Airport, by the way. Which, which is convenient uh, at 5 o'clock in the morning. When, yeah, yeah, when, uh, you know, you get King Airs and all these jets just rolling in here for, oh, hey, Patty, let's roll down to Monterey and Carmel for the weekend. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how it sounds. It's exactly how it sounds. I've heard it. But, no, I like, I like open seating because I can go to the back and I take my hat off and I put it on my right hand. And I put it just above the seat, so it looks like somebody's sitting beside me. 
Because terrible. Let's be, let's be honest. Nobody wants to sit by me because I'm a partially fat guy. Oh yeah, for sure. No, nobody wants but to sit by you. Here's no. what I do a lot. I I like to go sit by people with small children. Okay. Really? Yeah. Because it doesn't bother me. And the thing of it is, I can't stand my one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are on a plane and there's like a baby crying and everybody's looking at like, oh my god, like that. You know, like the parents do it on purpose. There's only one thing worse than having a crying baby, and that is being a parent of a crying baby. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I, since, you know, expecting our first child, I am a lot more sympathetic to those parents. But it's um, what drives me nuts. Some of those parents, they they talk to them like they're 30. Oh, yeah. I don't you know, like that. they're like, come on now, uh, Stefan. Um, we are going to go here, and they're, they're telling it loud like everybody, and that kind of morphs into my biggest pet peeve on a plane. My biggest pet peeve of people in airports. Nobody else wants to fucking listen to your conversation you're That's having true. on the phone or whatever. Now everybody's got these, you know, um, you know, their Bluetooth earbuds. And, and so they're having a full-blown, loud conversation. Nobody fucking cares. Shut up. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, that reminds me of one of my favorite. I got to fly with Lon Danley one time. Oh, boy. We were flying on Southwest, and there was a dude that was like looked like Zach Morris from, <laughs> you know, and um, he was like a clean cut, you know, had on a suit and like blonde hair and like a tall skinny guy and he was that dude that had on his airpods and he's like talking he's like yeah i tell you <laughs> when i get back to the office blah 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 and so he's in the in the window lawns in the middle and i'm in the on the uh in you know in the very far seat and so long goes what do you do for a living there partner <laughs> and the this guy he goes well actually i'm a i'm a big time lawyer in los angeles that's why i'm heading to los angeles so I'm a, you know work for this big law firm and uh lon says well you ain't that big of a goddamn lawyer if you're flying on southwest with the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> oh the voice of reason don landley oh hot sweaty planes i had to take a <laughs> remember that one time we went on vacation and i drank all that beer and ate that whole jar of pickles and had to take a dump on an international flight <laughs> if you if you weigh over no one, please tell us about it please if you weigh over 100 pounds you ain't fitting in the shitter old son no like, you gotta back in it's like hitting the loading chute you sort of <laughs> get to the back of the plane pull your pants down get the gate open and have a guy back there doing the hand signal when you're getting close <laughs> with his arms apart and then okay come on back room <laughs> Bring her on in. Bop, you're there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've used, so you've taken. See, I've never taken a most dump people on uh, a plane. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I think it's disgusting. Well, oh, disgust. Everybody poops. There's actually know, a children's but book not, out now, now, now. Oh, if I'm, I'm flying, such, I'm so cool. I don't poop on planes. We don't say poop. Whitney hates that word. Poop. Poop. Well, she's about to, when she has your baby, there's going to be plenty of time to talk poop. So, but no, no. I, you, how many times have you pooped on a plane? Twice. And it was. <laughs> was it bad? Uh, well, obviously it's bad enough that you have to go, because you'd rather not, well, honestly. No, you'd rather no, not. No, who wants, who's like, man, what a relaxing day on the plane. God, let's get in that bathroom and <laughs> just blow it up. Well. And if you say that. Well, the first <laughs> there's no way you could be in the Mile High Club in today's day and age in that little. Bit. Oh no, I don't know how. Why would you want to? It smells terrible. Has anybody really ever done the mile? Do you know anybody who's Vince Neil? Well, that was on a private jet. Yeah, I want to know on a commercial airliner. No, there's no one having sex on a. Southwest there's no flight. way. I think it's a it's an urban myth. <laughs> yeah, because there's no way, and it's not sexy. It's not like oh. I've been waiting my whole life for you to say, let's sneak <laughs> off into the bathroom and do the hippity-dippity. Oh, and planes are the most disgusting, gross. gross. You could take a shower, People get touching their wieners oh. and stuff, and then they don't wash their hands. Well, yeah. Do you ever think that when a guy 
you know, shakes it off there in the urinal and then just walks smooth on out. I would hope Wash that your hands, people. I would. Well, there's hand sanitizer and stuff right there. But if you're a big guy, Soap it's pretty works. hard to get turned around without opening the door. So I, I took a dump. Do you wash your hands every time Hell you go Hell yeah, I do. These things are clean. JR. They are. JR. Hey, I'm clean as a machine. Well, you finally showered last night. You I, were a Finally. Bit, you I were showered a, yesterday morning. You were a bit ripe last night. I was hot. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I had to I had to use the potty when we were flying uh, to Grand Cayman. Yes, yeah. This is back in my beer drinking day. Yes, so it was. We Ashley and I twelve. Yeah, yeah. Ashley a, and I flew out of Dallas. That was a good trip. So we went to her aunt Dolores's house in Dallas, and I drank like twenty four Keystone Light beers, <laughs> and then I got the munchies, and I opened her refrigerator door, and all there was was a deal of Vlasic pickles, which. Which you will put a hurting on a jar oh. of pickles. So I ate all those pickles, and the next day I got the bubble guts, and we take off for a beautiful <laughs> island getaway. And I'm like, it was Whoa. awesome. We were all together. I'm like, I got it. Time number two I used it was also on vacation when we were flying to, uh, oh, this island over there where there's the sandals. And it was me and John Harrison and Carla. <laughs> Oh, uh, clowncation? Yeah. I said, John, you're going to have to move. And I swear to you, he goes, you don't have to shit, do you? He said it loud. I'm like, John. I can hear John I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to go up here and talk to the captain for a minute. (laughs) I think that's when I start saying, where do you got to go? Oh, I got to go talk to the captain. But enough about that. So, yeah, we've... uh, stories. Oh, yeah. God, I hate that it always kind of goes back to that. But, you know... Flying this time of year, well, any time of year, really. Yeah. And uh, you know the NFR is right around the corner. I mean, the book NFR. your tickets. If you need help, be sure to check out boardgaming.com backslash events. Coming to my party. That's right. Yes, I can't that's wait where, for the NFR. New Orleans. That's where we stay. Yes, the NFR's got coming. room and ticket packages. NFR to book your, you know, your rooms and get your NFR tickets all in one stop. Yeah. And uh, the Rump Rodeo Party. I want to promote that. And if you can't, right if you can't go, um, it's the best watch party. You have guests like I don't know Bob Tallman. Yeah, well, last year we had Bob Tallman. We had Larry Mayhem. We had um, Andy Seiler. Didn't you have Donnie? Yeah. Oh yeah. We had Donnie Gay. Donnie Gay was he come like every day and just hung out because they do uh, NFR tonight right there. Um, shoot, we had we had so much fun, and our, I tell you, our watch party is different in that we don't crank tunes and try to party. Once the rodeo starts, we just chill. Yeah, it's like watching rodeo. Yeah, we, you're not. So, I mean, there's a lot of good watch parties out there. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, but this is just a different style. Yeah, it's it's um yeah it's 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 for the rodeo fan. It's for a dude. To, we got like two movie screens and thirty eight flat screens and yeah and there's know. it's more of an intimate setting you know there's huge ones you know uh, Mike Mathis and Jacob Moorhead they do a good watch party and stuff they give a lot of stuff away but this is uh you know it's and then right after your uh, your deal you give away some prizes and yeah. then everybody scoots on down to the old uh, saloon yeah uh, the Buck and Bash the Buck and Bash yeah so it's it's gonna be even better this year so you can scoot a boot. Come party with the rump. How do they get there? What's the website again? Boygaming.com backslash events. Nice. And they even put a picture of me on the uh, elevators. Holla. That's cool. They do. That's cool. I mean, did you ever think, you know, say, even when you started clowning, when I told you, you better be funny in the arena as you are outside of the arena? Yeah, that douched it up. So back when you first started... Did you ever think you would be on the elevators in a Las Vegas casino? No. And you're st- you have stand up, you know, uh, promotional stand ups all over the place. It's on the front door, Rump's Rodeo Party. You're, it's pretty cool. It's Did you really ever cool. imagine that though? Seriously, I never would have thought that. Um, especially growing up in Abbeville, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, being a little bitty town of one hundred and some people. Uh, just in the town, but you know, around the town, great little farming community. When I, I first went to the NFR in 1986 and my grandpa Dang. Floyd, we had stock. Well, you had, you had, what were you like? Four, five, five. 
And um, we went to we stayed at Bally's. And when I got home for my school project, I made a uh, a box of a hotel and casino. And <laughs> my mom's family was all pretty unhappy that said casino. They're like, because that's how they are. Oh God, Justin Justin made a deal that says casino. That's we can't say casino, <laughs> you know. Okay. But but I've I've you know grown up now and what pretty pretty dang cool. Uh, to be out there for that and it's god it's just i'm pumped about this year me and jesse knutson you know 920 rodeo he's my helper and uh co-host for that and we're gonna rock you like a hurricane yeah. we're gonna have free beer if you pay for it really so if you <laughs> if you buy a bucket of beer it's free <laughs> once you you've paid for it and uh the coolest thing that i like to do too is uh watch my old boss benny butler on the back of the shoots during the NFR. Oh my God, we 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 gotta we gotta tell some stories. We're gonna we're getting into Benny Butler stories after this. All right, y'all, we'll be right back. Rump chat. Reminds me of the Big Lebowski. The dude. We're, uh. The dude. Alright, so we're playing Marty Robbins because he happens to be Benny's favorite, yeah. would you say? Yeah, you know, people ask me all the time about Benny Butler stories. You know, because. Benny is very interesting. Like he, <laughs> you know, and a lot of people don't know him. Like you know, I know Benny pretty well. I spent a lot of time with Benny. Yeah, and you know, most people just know Benny from you know at rodeos, and they don't really you know <laughs> know any of the Benny like on the day to day. You know, at the mm-hmm. ranch. Yeah, uh, and you know, really, Benny's pretty damn funny. <laughs> like he's he's. He's pretty fun to be around a lot of time. You know, uh, all stock contractors are not buttholes all the time, just at rodeos and on the way to rodeos and sometimes on the way home from rodeos and maybe in between rodeos sometimes, but not all the time, you know? Yeah. Uh, but Benny, uh, here's a little side note. Benny loves fishing and uh, he's got a, a little bitty boat, a little fishing boat. And he's even got a red pickup that's his hunting and fishing truck. Okay, just that, like a little red Chevy pickup. That's all he does with it. It's got dog boxes on it, and yeah, you know, and this and that. So he's got like his his whole deal. So this is kind of going to be a long story, but so no, no, this is fine. These uh, we're getting uh, into, uh, and it's going to be maybe a weekly, biweekly, yeah, or whenever the hell, week. yeah, whenever the hell we want to. Benny Butler stories by J.R. Rump. Yeah. So uh, to start the story off, there was a guy uh, at the ranch. Um, you know, butlers get a lot of uh, different ranch hands. <laughs> you know, so, um, it's a quick turnaround. So there's not always the same group of people uh, there. So he hired this young kid that was he he was like a Dale Brisby super puncher, except he wasn't handy at all. Kind of like Dale. And <laughs> yeah, Dale, yeah. And, and no one really liked this kid, and uh, he was staying at the bunkhouse, right right there by the stud pen on the highway is the Butler and Son bunkhouse where dreams go to die. And <laughs> so so he's standing there, and we didn't really like him, right? And he had an old car, and uh, he needed a battery for it, okay? I'm going to leave that right there for now, so... Benny and uh, Jerry Eagleston, who passed away a couple years ago. Jerry Eagleston was a pickup man for the old but for for Jigs and Elra back in the day, 
And uh, Jerry, he was he lived to be ninety two years old. Jerry was a hoot, little bitty skinny dude, just hilarious. Just drank whiskey and chewed loose leaf tobacco and cussed and you know slapped waitresses on the butts at that little cafe in Elk City. Just a cool dude. So in between rodeos, Benny tells all of us on the crew one day, and he's like, "Guys, hey." Don't be expecting me to be here tomorrow at the ranch. See, me and Jerry are going fishing. And, you know, Jerry, he's, you know, 80-something at the time. Jerry's like, yeah, you sons of bitches. We ain't going to be here to cover your stupid fat asses. So we're going fishing. I go, oh, you're going fishing? Betty's like, yeah. And Jerry says, well, tell them what we're taking. Betty's like, see, Jerry, see, he cut up tomatoes. See, he grew those tomatoes himself, see. And he got that lettuce, see. We got, we're making sandwiches, see. <laughs> we got in this cooler. We're going to have a cooler. See, we're going to take him. And Jerry's like, tell him about the sandwiches. And B's like, I did, Jerry. Shut the hell up. You know? <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, you're taking sandwiches, huh? Yeah, see, you got, got some whiskey in there. See, you got some beer. See, we never do this. See, we're always working. See, you got it. And we're here at the ranch. See, and tomorrow you and Rhett, see, it's going to be all. And I'm, all right, cool. <laughs> you know? Oh, God, the boss isn't coming to work? That oh, no. Sucks. So the next day comes, and here comes Benny and Jerry. And Benny, you know, being a Hall of Fame contractor cowboy, is it's pretty hard to see Benny wearing a fishing hat. <laughs> you know, like I can't, a, I can't imagine. They, Benny and Jerry look like uh, the guys from Grumpier Old Men. Yes. Okay? They yes. come rolling in in that red Chevy pickup, and they got their cooler. Hey! He says, get over here. Go running across there. Look at this cooler. Sure enough, there's a bottle of Crown Royal. There's... You know, uh, a 20-pack of Ham's beer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> there's a shitload of sandwiches in individual bags. <laughs> and Benny, once again, is explaining me this cooler. I'm like, oh, this is great. And he said, well, help me hook on this trailer, big boy. I said, all right. So we back into the shed, and I hook on his boat. And they get the boat out. And, like, Benny and Jerry are, like, high-fiving each other. They're, They're so excited. So excited <laughs> to go on this fishing trip. And Rhett and I are just watching. We're just cracking up, you know. And so uh, Jerry goes, Benny, let's start that boat before we get out there to make sure everything works. So Benny gets in the boat, click, no start at all. <laughs> click, and then Benny starts getting mad at this boat. <laughs> and so he's like, hey! So Rhett and I go walking over there, and, you know, so he goes to look at maybe the starter, and he pulls the deal back. Ain't no battery. He uh, just bought. no. He had just bought a brand new battery for this boat, and the battery is gone. Retro. And the the mood goes from happiness to pure hate. <sighs> Benny's like, "Where is my battery?" And Rhett's like, "I don't know." Rhett says, "Well, if it's gone, just go to town and get a new one." Not the thing to say to Benny. <laughs> Benny gets out of the boat. And him and Jerry go to throwing shit, and they're mad. Well, there's that little room in the office, uh, in the corner of the shed. That's just a it's just a room. <laughs> it's like an interrogation room. <laughs> so instead of just buying a new boat battery, Benny is in there, and he's pretty pretty pissed. And Jerry is sitting in a chair in the corner, and. They call each one of us on the ranch into that room one at a time to question us on the location of this battery. I mean, like swinging light. <laughs> and so, like, I go in there. Yeah. Even Rhett, co-owner of Butler and Son. Poor Rhett. He gets interrogated, too. And, you know, Rhett, he's, he's easy going. He's yeah. like, man, why would I take your battery? And he goes, well, I just need to know where it is. I, oh, he was so mad. All of us, where we all screwed up, is at the end, well, just go get a new one. And this just ruins. They won't go get a new battery. And they made all those sandwiches. So he goes, well, we're not going. This trip is ruined. And they were only going like six miles from the ranch. you know. <laughs> so they, Benny goes and switches hats. And then the rest of the day at the ranch, he is mad, which is not good for the ranch hands oh he's so mad and he's talking about someone stole that boat battery blah 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 so a week or two goes by and i find out the kid that we don't like the super puncher stole the battery because benny told me what kind of battery it was and i looked in his car and there's that battery 
in the trunk. Like once he found out that, you know, we knew the battery was missing, he took it out of his car and it was in his trunk and it was a marine battery. I don't even know yeah. if it works in cars, but I found it and I was like, oh, I couldn't wait. Like you know when you're little and your brother or sister do something wrong, you can't oh, wait to tell your yeah. mom and dad. I'm like, I can't wait to tell Benny. So that morning, we were uh, we were have to go move some bulls around. So this kid comes up. And he's like, dude, uh, hey, man, let me go with y'all. We never let him ride because he's just such a tool, and uh, we didn't want to mess with him. And I'm like, no. He's like, come on, man. I said, hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me think. Okay. In the lot right by where all the saddle horses are, um, this horse that went to the NFR several times, Metroplex, that Uh was a saddle horse of Ross Perot's ranch that, that he gave Benny. Yeah. Metroplex bucked but that dude was dog gentle so we had to keep him with the saddle horses and the he had a number one brand on him so you couldn't hardly see the brand and the b slash s brand on it wasn't bad so he's in the lot with the saddle horses this dude's rank but gentle like we actually hauled him yeah. on the gooseneck there's, yeah there's been quite a few of those yeah. throughout so, the uh radio and world weren't there and i'm like you know what yeah you want to come with us i said grab that sorrel strip face horse over there and go go with us he's like all right so he gets his horse, <laughs> leads him around there. I'm like, and me and Clint and a couple other guys were like, ho, 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 ho. So he gets his, this dude's got tall top boots on. Oh, Big yeah. spurs. He's got. Ten and a half inch brim. Got the hat that won't fit through a door. You know, he's got his collar buttoned to the top. You know, got yeah. that can of snuff in the front. I mean, he is, looked like he just stepped out of a ranch rodeo ad. Yeah. So he throws a saddle on. And nothing happens, right? The horse just stands, just sturdy as a tree. Goes to cinch him up. Nothing happens. Pulls it in him. Nothing happens. I'm like, holy smoke. Well, we're, you know, on white rock and gravel. (laughs) He's going (laughs) to swing on. I'm like, whoa. I said, hey, why don't you go ahead and not ride him? I said, "He, he might buck a little bit. He looks at me and he goes, I'll tell you what. I pray one for me to buck. Or something like he said something really stupid like oh no, if this horse wants a buck I pray he does. Why oh, would you no. pray that? No. <laughs> so I'm like okay. So then I'm like you know what good get bucked off. So I go you need to get in this pen. So we lead him around in the alley by the loading chute, and this kid gets on and this horse doesn't move, just stands there still. <laughs> and he and we're all waiting for him to blow up so the. Kid goes to like kind of poking him with his spurs a little bit. And you know how horses do like that back thing where their back arches when they're just humps up. Yeah. He yeah. does. He, his feet stay on the ground. Then all of a sudden, this gives him the old Bruce Ford in the belly button with them <laughs> boots. And this horse bucks, I mean, jumps up the air and moves forward and turns back and throws this kid off. And he hits the pipe fence arm first and it just v's his arm Ugh. and it broke <laughs> the, the bone came through the skin and i'm like oh <laughs> shit so i tell i'm like holy shit and i'm like get you clint take this horse so he takes metroplex goes around there unsaddles him <laughs> grabs one of the other sorrels puts his saddle on on that horse and this kid's like, call 911! Call 911! And Barry Kenny, you know, well, we all just need to relax here. I'm like, oh shit. And I remember stopping. And I, I stopped, got real solemn. Lord, it's me. <laughs> Jesus, if you could please not let Benny pull in, that would be great. As we sit here today with the ranch hand, its arm is bleeding from the bone sticking out. Lord, if you could make that white Dodge pickup not pull in the driveway <laughs> until we get him in the ambulance, that would be super. And what happened? <laughs> here, here come here, Benny. Here comes the white Dodge. I mean, just as soon as I said, amen, here come the truck pulling in. And this kid's laying, I'm like, oh, here it comes. This is not going to be good. And Benny is like, what did you do? He looks at me. I'm like, nothing. I said, he was just sawing that horse right there. He's like, that horse never bucked a day in his life. I'm like, 
I don't know. He's like, oh, my God, look at his arm. And I'm like, and he's like, you can't do, what'd you do to that kid? And so uh, I'm like, well, we better take him somewhere or do something with him. He's like, oh, Benny was mad at me because he thought I was behind it. And I said, uh, the, amb- uh, he, he <laughs> the ambulance thought, got there. Did he not? Th- he thought right. Well, you were behind. It. Did you or did you not was, tell him to go get Metroplex? I, was, I did. Did, did you or did you not tell him to go get a, a bucking horse? Oh, I did. did. You I, did. Well, okay. but I wasn't. I just I want to get this because you 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 are doing what you do. You're very good at trying to, even though you're admitting <laughs> that you did it, you still can't say yeah. Well, so we call it was it, me. Well, I didn't want him to break his arm. I just want him to like get bucked off and then be okay. So we what can a all crummy laugh. bastard! So they get him loaded up in the ambulance, and uh, he goes to leave. And uh, this Benny is ready to uh, hurt me with a with an axe handle. He's like, I know you did something to that poor damn kid. Blah 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 blah. And I go, Benny I said, I want to show you something. Oh no! Take him down there and show him his boat battery that ruined his fishing trip. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the kid's trunk. The rest of the day, that was the happiest dude you've ever met. And that kid that got hurt never came back to the ranch. Never even get his car. Really? True story. Left his car. <laughs> yeah. So in a roundabout way, that broken arm healed a friendship between me and Benny and helped them to go fishing. <laughs> so at the end of the day, do I feel bad about it? No. Because that uh, two weeks later in Tonganoxie, <laughs> I was loading bareback horses. And you know when I when I was loading uh, stock contracted, I would just ease ease these horses around. I'd have my sorting stick, I'd have my list, I'd slip into the pen like a thief of the night. Ooh. And before those wild horses knew it, they were loaded. <laughs> like I'm like a fat white horse load ninja. And so you know Benny gets excited, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. So he comes back there, and it's 15 minutes for the rodeo. He comes back there, load up. Load up! Oh, load him! Oh, load him in the shoots, right? Yeah, because that's. And I was like, Benny, I know what I'm doing. He says, I don't give a shit. I want you to load him. Well, we had this one horse that was just a man killer, and he would hit the gates. <laughs> so Benny's standing right behind the gate. I go, You want me to load him? I'll load him, and I take my sorting stick and crack this horse right on the butt cheeks, and this horse jumps. Hits the gate and the is like one of the <laughs> shitty WW gates that doesn't latch all the way. The gate flies open, hits Benny right in the forehead. Benny falls down. The horse pushes the gate over the top of him, jumps over the top of him, and runs down the alley. So there's Benny with his red tie, <laughs> his plaid plaid shirt from 1974, and his polyester pants, and his smashed his Bangora cowboy hat. <laughs> and he's laying there. I'm like. Oh, my God. I just killed Benny Butler. Just, I just killed him. So I thought, shit. Run! No, I shut the gate to the horse pen, and then I just turned around and just was looking at my list. And then all of a sudden, I heard, hey! And then I turned around real quick like, oh, God, I what happened? I didn't see. You acted like you didn't know. <laughs> I tried to act. And then he's like, <sighs> he gets his hat, and it's crumpled up. like It looks like he hauled it in his gym bag. <laughs> He goes, give me your sorting stick. I go, why? He goes, because I'm going to kill you. I go, uh-uh. <laughs> that was one of the times he's like, you're fired. I'm not fired. You're fired. I go, I'm going to go sit in the semi until the barrel race. And if you can come say you're sorry, I will keep working for you. And I did. I went and sat in the semi by the barrel race. When his the swelling started to go down, he was actually pretty pretty good to get along with. So. <laughs> But that was a rough week anyway, and the, the thing that really set that whole week off, like, for me, um, we get loaded on Sunday morning in Tonganoxie, and it was a rough week for all of us. Uh, the The crew was down in the dumps. I'm the last one loaded. Everybody's gone. I'm sitting there. Uh, I pull the pull a truck for it. I got a pot load of bulls and stuff, and I'm leaned up against... You know, you know how like I do stupid stuff, like um, where I have those moments where mm, I'm like, just do I, do I ever know you do stupid shit? But like, you know when I get like real sentimental. So Sunday morning, load full of bulls, nice Peterbilt semi. I'm leaned up against the side of this semi, and I'm like, you know, talking to the Lord. 
like Jesus, thank you for this opportunity. I get to rodeo and do what I love and there are ups and downs, but I'm very thankful, you know, this week sucked, but I'm very thankful. And about that time, one of those bowls that was on top of that pot shit out the, <laughs> one of the side holes and shit all over the top of my brand new cowboy hat. I mean, just soaked her. Do you ever think that this is just, it's karma coming back to get you because you do so much, so many crummy th- things? No. No. and, like and Getting guys' arms broke. I did um, not intend that. Stealing $100 bills from Lon Danley. Boy. After um, no, well, taking a dump in a barrel racer's trailer no, and when most, she's at slack. Well, I that was medical, that was me, that was a medical emergency. But after Tonganoxy, Benny was not very nice to work with because he's mad about me almost getting him killed by running him over with a bucking horse, and so I decided I was going to get back at him because we're friends. Yeah, sure. So we're at Jasper, Texas, and. The Jasper, Texas Lions Club has a fish fry. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. At the church. Yeah, has a luncheon, yeah. Yeah, and they want to introduce everybody. So they uh, come over to Benny and, and our crew. And, you know, Benny's, uh, you know, he's, you know, find him in church all the time, you know? Yeah. And so anyhow, he wants the, the main Lions Club members like, every one of you guys needs to introduce yourself on the crew and there goes an airplane he says i don't care what what job so like clint goes he's like i'm i'm clint lindenfield uh i take care of saddle horses and the next guy you know he's like uh i'm tommy charters uh drive a semi you know and so our crew kind of goes through there and i'm the last one before benny and it's almost time to eat so i get up there and i'm like well, hello, everybody of Jasper, Texas. I'm Justin Rumford. I'm an animal relocation specialist, and let me tell you about my job. As part of the rodeo world, without livestock, and I just go into like 10 minutes of, yeah. of just talking, and I can see Benny is getting mad because I'm way overdoing it. And uh, so when I finally got to the end of my speech, I thought, boy, I'll get him here. So I said, the last person on our crew is my boss and my great friend, Benny Butler. I'd like to invite him up here to the stage to give the prayer before we eat this beautiful fish fry. On behalf of Butler and Son, and now a prayer for the noontime meal, Mr. Benny Butler. And everybody's everybody's clapping. Everybody's clapping. Oh, They're like, oh, be Benny Butler's going to pray. And I hand him the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, see... I'm just a stop. Y'all better get some a man of the cloth up here. <laughs> so, so then he was mad about that. So we go back and forth again. Fast forward to Burwell. <laughs> These little rodeos, like like Burwell, Nebraska, and Phillipsburg, and some of them, they are filled with towns of people that are just great people. Mm-hmm. So in Burwell, they uh, salt of the earth. Yeah, they have a, a this this older couple. They have a spaghetti dinner just for the Butler and Son rodeo crew, right? Yeah. And they make enough spaghetti to feed the southern half of Colorado, like, or Nebraska. I mean, she makes, uh, Peg is her name. And they got a little farmhouse and everybody, it's it's a fun little deal. So we go out there and, uh, you know me, I like to eat. Uh, yeah. So it's me and my dad and Shandon and, you know, the whole crew and... So we go to drinking old Milwaukee's best because that's what they had there. This is at lunchtime, you know. Yeah. So uh, we start eating this spaghetti, and uh, it's good. I eat a lot of spaghetti. I eat a lot. And I'm like, oh, man, that was so good. And she comes in with this huge bowl, like another full bowl of spaghetti. And she's like, all right, boys, y'all got to clean this up. If you leave here hungry, it's your own fault. I'm like, oh, man, I'm very good. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And Benny, she walks off and he goes, hey, don't be rude. These these people will cook for you. If they want you to eat spaghetti, you eat some, some spaghetti, damn it. I'm like, all right. I'm like, hey, Peg, can I have some more spaghetti? She's like, sure. And she puts like two scoops. And Benny tells, hey, Peg, see Big Boy here. He'll eat it. Put it on there. He ain't going to go to waste. I'm like, no, that's good. And he pokes me on the table. Take it. My God! So they, she puts like thirty-two pounds of spaghetti on the plate, Ugh. and I'm like, "Oh no!" And Benny's like, "Eat the spaghetti." 
I'm like, shit. I get this spaghetti ate, and I'm sweating. I've got the shakes. I can't see straight. I ate all that spaghetti. About that time, three more people that she wasn't planning on coming here walk in, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so good. I'm so bummed you guys just got here. We just ran out of spaghetti. And Benny's like, that's because big boy here ain't it all. That fat son <laughs> bitch. So anyhow, I'm like. He sets your ass up. Oh, so then um, we go to leave to go in the arena. I get in the rodeo dodge to go back. And he's like, hey, no, you're coming with me. Shit. So I get in his pickup. He's like, let me tell you something. You need to learn how to act. I go, what are you talking about? You don't go to someone's house and eat all their food. He said, damn it. You know better than that. I'm like. So, I didn't want to eat. Them guys didn't even get any spaghetti because your fat ass ate it all. I said, Beanie, I did not want to eat any more damn spaghetti. I said, you put it on my plate. I didn't make you chew it and swallow it, Megan. That's on you. <laughs> I had the spaghetti sweats for oh. like a week and a half. And it's a little warm in Burwell. Oh, that Milwaukee's best beer mixed with 32 pounds of spaghetti. Milwaukee's mm. best? That's what they... That's what... The red label or the blue label? Was it Dale. light? It was Dale and Peg, and that's what Dale had. It was, and it was like in a cooler for a while that had been rolled around, uh, so you couldn't really see the label. Yeah, the label. Good. Mm. But you know, that's that's uh, that's just a couple. I'm not even touching the surface, and I'm not going to tell them all today. But that's just touching the surface of my life with Benny Butler, arena, knocking people down, eating spaghetti. Green. <laughs> he said he just came down from a place called Highland Rim. Marty Rollins. Yeah. We're coming back at you. Like Polyester pants. <laughs> we snickered at we'll be back. He dressed, but he never said a word. He walks on by the rest of us as if he hadn't heard. A thousand bucks went to the man that could ride this wild cayuse. I mean, a horse was never born than the one they called a brute. The horse that he was looking for was in shoot number eight. You know that it would be untrue. Oh, the doors. You know that I would be a liar if I was to say to you. Girl, we couldn't get much higher Do what? Come on, baby, light my fire Come on, baby, light my fire Try to set the night on fire How <laughs> did you do that? God, I love the doors The doors You know, years ago, um, several of my family members and friends Justin Boots from Nebraska uh, Brandy Welker They're all like this Doors is just a phase. I'm still rocking the Doors. I'm 38. So eat shit. So that's great. Good yeah, story. Well, you got up. time to tell it again? Shut up, hand bones. Better than the knee slappers you try to tell. So how about that documentary? Wasn't that cool with these oh, guys? Yeah. I mean, guys, there's been multiple ones, but uh, what was the name of the last one? Just watch. Uh, People Are Strange, the Doors documentary narrated by Johnny Depp. If you, Which is a strange person, and the doors uh, were strange too. So that makes sense. But yeah. these guys, what a trip! I mean, to, to be to be um, to make as many hits as they did, and be as famous and legendary as they are in the rock world. He died at twenty-seven. Yeah, twenty-seven years old. He's he, dead. Jim Morrison. Yeah, he had a heart attack in Paris in the bathroom. That's what in, in the bathtub. En- enormous amounts of drugs will do. Yeah, but he was like. In his defense, he was dropping acid and doing coke and drinking bottles of whiskey and smoking weed. So that's it. <laughs> Sounds like a Tuesday for me and you. <laughs> I, you know, I also watched a documentary on, uh, which is really cool. It's on Netflix uh, about the guys who put on uh, Woodstock and how it all came together, how it all fell apart, how they got through it all. Y'all, this is insane because this is what nineteen sixty nine. Summer of Love. Summer of Love. Yes. Um, they had a location in upstate New York, and then the town like basically went against it. They made a deal, and then they went against it. So they had to go find a new place, and 
this guy, he's a farmer, he was a conservative, very conservative farmer, but he he uh, related to the young people at that time, the hippies, yeah, um, which were like aliens, you know, to most of uh, most of America. And he had that field that was a natural amphitheater, and they just went in and they in three weeks, they were three weeks from the date. That's that's when they had to move location. They already had the stage built and everything at the other spot, and then the town screwed them over. They had to basically they built Woodstock. In less than three weeks. Take that fire festival. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at least it happened. But it was, the town was so small. They were, it was really neat. Like the grocery store, they were literally, they would let so many people in, get them groceries, and then they would rotate them out. They would have them go out the back door and someone fresh come in the front door. People were parked on the interstate and the roads just in the median because they, and then they would walk miles and miles just to get there. And the fences that they had put up, they were so people just pushed over the fence so they were walking in. So the first day, after about six hours, people were, so many people were coming in. They just said, "You know what? We're not charging anybody." You know, because some people already had their tickets, but a lot of people just showed up without tickets. You know, they just said, "Let's go," and they just they they just pushed the barricades over, and so they just made it free. They just got naked, dropped acid. The, the security the security people was like a commune. A traveling commune that they hired, they rented a 737, flew these people from New Mexico, and they were weird, tripped out hippies, right? Yeah. They were the quote unquote security, but they ended up being awesome because they were just so, they would just like talk to people and they were really nice about it, you know, and people, but then people weren't violent back then, you know. Well, it was a summer just, of love, Yeah, not they, they just wanted to, everybody got along. Well, they ended up having another camp set up. They, they they ran out of food. It was insane what Everybody they went through because it rained one day, the storms, and the, the scaffolding, the towers where spotlights were and the sound and stuff. Oh, my God. It, they Not OSHA approved. Not even <laughs> close, y'all. I, I'm telling you, if you have any respect for events um, uh, or anything like that or just, just to watch a very cool documentary i know a lot of people aren't into documentaries but i'm sorry people it's education yeah um it is rock and roll education insane what these what these guys did and and how they did it and helicopters they had to rent helicopters to to get acts in because because you know because the first day the performers were in the traffic so they couldn't get there it was it was but then like joe cocker you know his his uh version uh have a little help for my friend you know uh uh, Joan, uh, oh, what was her name? Anyway, there were some very so many. Uh, Jimi Hendrix. Yes, I mean there were so many performances that went down in rock and roll history that happened there. But these, but it goes back to these guys that lost their ass at Woodstock. It was as a festival. If you look at the business side, was a complete failure. But can you put but a price the, on Woodstock? And the legend and the legend of rock and roll, it's the Holy Grail. I'm going to do so, uh, rump, anyway. What about if I did rump stock? Rump stock, Sydney, Iowa. I think that grounds. would be amazing. What bands would you have at rump stock? Uh, I would have Kid Rock. Uh, I would have Motley Crue, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd have Guns N' Roses. I'm going to Guns N' Roses in October in Wichita. That's going to uh, be a great show. Yeah. I would have uh, Striper, Rat. <laughs> um, what skid row if if they're you know if they were touring you know and uh finally i would have uh heart is heart still playing uh barracuda Barracuda. crazy on you crazy on you that shook my life well anyhow everybody this wraps up another episode of rump chat we didn't have a guest this week because we're a little behind so we're playing a little catch up Later on uh, on Rump Chat, the next ones to come, we have some pretty cool people, including the Luke Kaufman, LukeKaufmanMusic.com. The Compton Cowboy is going to tell you what it's like growing up in the hood. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a cool one. Yeah, and Fire on the Hill, the movie about all the agriculture and rodeo background in Compton, California. So it, there, it, That story, it is a, it's a really cool story. And it's based on a lot of these guys' lives, so that'd be neat. But, man, I tell you what, 
we have a little help from our friends, all of you guys listening. We really honestly appreciate this. It's a lot of fun. We're glad you guys enjoy it. And, um, you know, if you have any topics, if you guys know Rump, um, you know, drop a Instagram, Instagram and a comment and, uh, you know, leave us a note on what you want us to talk about. We got a good story. Well, that's all all for us today from Logan Coach Traveling Studios. We will see you later. Bye. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Oh, baby, how I All I need is my better. I say I'm gonna get high